Praise God. Well, church, we've been in, in the series um, called, And They Came to Elam. And they came to Elam. And if you're new here, welcome along. And you came to Elam this morning. And do encourage you to fill in a one card, fill in an info desk. We want to give you a hot drink. As Nikita, didn't Nikita do an amazing job? Why don't you give her a hand, you know? She's, you know, she, she aced it. Um, I was thinking about reading. Anybody love reading? Yeah. I used to think that I hated reading. And reading wasn't for me because I wasn't a natural reader. And what I meant by that is that I, I, I never look forward to curling up on a couch to read a book or, or, or curl up on the bed and read a book. In fact, I used to tell people to don't read. Don't read because it ruins your movie-watching experience, right? And what I mean by that is because how many times, and you've probably heard this, yeah, how many times someone said to you, oh, I saw the movie, I read the book, it was better than the movie. So I'm like, well, don't read, don't read the book and then you enjoy the movie better. Okay, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just having a bit of fun here. I don't actually mean what I'm saying. So please, if you're a reader. Because what I've discovered, I've discovered that everyone loves reading. Everyone does. And because sometimes we, we just associate reading with reading a novel or a book, but we all love reading. We read what we're passionate about. If you, if you, if you love cars, you'll be you'll having magazines about cars or whichever, the latest models, or you love surfing or whatever it is. If you love rugby, Rugby World Cup, you'll be reading all the, the latest stats and trying to choose who's going to be in your fantasy team. Um, anyway, that's another story. And, uh, and all these things. And, and, and we're passionate about what we read. And, and I'm not passionate about novels. I'm not passionate about fiction books. Well, actually, that's not, actually, when I think about it, actually, that's not true, because I, I am passionate about graphic novels. Graphic novels. Anybody know what a graphic novel is? It's got another name. It's called a comic book. I used to read stacks of comic books, graphic novels. It sounds more intelligent when I say that. It sounds more adulty in a good way. Not, anyway, let's just, graphic novels. Let's just keep, I need to have water. And I still, be, I still love reading the Green Lantern series. I'll be, I'll be reading the X-Men, Wolverine. I still love the Phantom. Do you remember the old Phantom comics? Way back in the day, it's like the, it was from back in World War II days, you know, the Phantom, the ghost who walks. Anyway, and I remember somebody came up to me um, uh, and said to me, imagine, Ants, where you would be if you had the same amount of energy if you read the Bible the same way you did with your graphic novels. <laughs> and it got me thinking, and I was thinking, you know, you're right. Maybe I'll start reading. So what I decided to, as a young man, many, actually nearly 30 years ago, as a young man, what I did is I decided um, at, at the age of one, 30 years ago, <laughs> I decided before I read my graphic novel, I'll read a chapter of the Bible, and then I can spend the rest of the day reading my graphic novels. So that's what I did. And little did I know that this thing that I set in place has, has really shaped and formed my life. And you know what's really interesting? Very soon, I actually stopped reading graphic novels, not because I didn't like the material. I still, I'm still a big fan. I'm still a big fan of that uh, Marvel, DC world, and all those things. I am. I'm a real nerd. I am. Um, if anybody likes Doctor Who, I'm a bit don't like the way, way it's going at the moment, but that's okay. That's another story, another sermon. <laughs> and um, but what I noticed is that my passion had changed. I used to be passionate for this. All of a sudden, my passion has changed to the Word of God. And and, and here's the thing: you don't have to you don't have to have an you don't have to have uh, you don't have to be a pastor to have extensive knowledge of the Bible. Not at all. I don't have extensive knowledge of the Bible because I became a pastor. 
I have extensive knowledge of the Bible is because I was intentional. I was intentional about reading scripture. I remember going to, going to Bible college way back in, a few years back. And I remember, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sitting in class and, and we were doing the Old Testament survey and the, the, the tutors are asking all these questions. I'm the, I was that guy putting up my hand. Yeah, yep, this is the, giving all the answers. I was that, that guy who, who knew all the answers and all that. And people came up to me afterwards and they go, how did you know all the answers about the Old Testament survey? And I said, oh, I, I, I read the Bible, <laughs> you know? And you know what surprised me? There was many people who were at Bible college who hadn't read the Bible. It shocked me. I thought it was standard. You know, to, to, if you want extensive knowledge of the Bible, you don't have to be a pastor. You just got to be intentional. You got to be intentional about it. And, and here's the thing. The reason why we struggle or the reason why I struggle with my weight and my health is not because I don't know what I should eat or I don't, I don't know what exercise I should do. So here's the thing. I already know. And if you're honest about yourself, you already know. You already know what you should be eating, and you already know what you shouldn't be eating. But you do it anyway. Right? I shouldn't be eating this mint chocolate biscuit just before I go to bed, but I'm just going to have one. And four biscuits later, you decided to call it quits. You know you shouldn't, but you do it anyway. Right? It's not about knowing what we have. It's not having good intentions, but it's about being intentional. It's about being intentional. And here's the thing. How many of us have said, well, I'll start exercising once I get motivated? Anybody said that? Once I get motivated, then I'll exercise and something I keep telling myself. The problem is motivation is a byproduct of actually doing exercise. The more, and if you're, if you're an exercise freak, you're motivated. Why? Because you're actually doing it. That's when you get motivated. You have to be intentional. And you, you don't just have good intentions. I've got good intentions to work out. I have to be intentional and actually do something. Many broken relationships are littered with good intentions. My intention is to give you all of my love and to you alone. That's good intentions. That's a good intention, but a good intention means nothing. Good intentions are useless until they are expressed in action. See, once your thoughts get put into actions, then they become intentional. Let me say that again. Good intentions are useless until they are expressed in action. Once your thoughts get put into action, then you can become intentional because intentions and, and, and intentional are two different things. See, I had intentions of eating the last biscuits last night. And then I did, and that was intentional. See the difference? If I, intentions means I've, I know what I should and whether or not to, but once I've done it, once I've put actions to it, now it's become intentional. You know, did you oh, did I hit that person by accident? No. Or was it intentional? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Good intentions are useless until they're expressed in actions. But once your thoughts get put into action, then they become intentional. Love what Exodus 15, 27. This has been our verse for the series. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. And they camped there near the water. And in the series, we've, been, we've turned the name Elam into an acronym. And in the first week, we looked at the letter E, and E stands for? 
encounter. Well, very good. I'm just sometimes, you know, if I think about myself growing up, you know, you just when I'm sitting in church, sometimes, you know, sometimes this is what you think about in church. I know what you think about. You're thinking, is it McDonald's or do I go to KFC after this? You know, or you know, and it goes through your mind. As encounter, that when they came to to Elam, that. They encountered God, and, they, and, and God wants you to encounter His Holy Spirit so you can walk in the authority that God has given you. God wants you to encounter Him, wants you to encounter His Holy Spirit. And last week was the letter L, and it's love, that God is love. God is love, and we express our love to Him by loving other people, by loving God and loving people. You cannot love God without loving people. And you cannot love people without loving God. It's two and the same. Your devotion to God is measured by what you do to people, right? And so today, today is the letter I. And I stands for? How did you guys know? Oh my gosh, you guys are really, really. Intentionality, was that already up behind me? Maybe, okay. Intentionality, intentionality. That's right, because here at Elam, we are intentional about God's word. We are intentional about pursuing God's presence, being filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in his authority. We are intentional about welcoming and being an inclusive church. All are welcome into this place, regardless of what you did last night. But God loves you too much for you to stay the same. And we believe when you, when you encounter the Holy Spirit, you don't stay. God does not want you to stay in your sinful state, but he'll begin to transform you. So we're a church where, you, where we welcome you in and allow the Holy Spirit to get to work. We're, we are intentional about doing life and community. And I'm excited that in a couple of weeks, we get to pack 1,750 boxes uh, of parcels full of food to help families in need. And that's just a drop in the bucket. But this is something we do. Pastor PJ, um, as a church, um, we can pay her to go into our local school to offer counseling to our schools. And not just to the students, but to the teachers as well. To say, how can we help in our local schools? Another local school we have over here every year, we we give them money to help with, with other families who struggle with different areas. It's like, how can we help our community? It's not just about, hey, let's just be all happy with ourselves and, and sing Kumbaya, my Lord, and, and don't worry about what's going out there. Well, we're intentional about doing life in community, and we are intentional about connecting people to Jesus. We're intentional about connecting people to Jesus because when you discover Jesus, your life gets turned the right way up. And I want to encourage you, if you're here this morning and you're unsure, I just want, I want you to, I'm asking you today, can you be open about Jesus this morning, about who he is? I love what James chapter 1 verse 21 says. It's, it's, this verse, this is a really interesting verse. It says this, Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth. Oh, straight off the bat, eh? Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. If you're just hearers of the word, then you're going to deceive yourself. But if you become doers of the word, then you will be blessed. And, and, and James, James is the writer of the, James is the, is the half-brother of Jesus. And he's writing this, and there are people sitting in his church who just, just come along and they just hear the message. And, um, but then that, their life doesn't change. Their life looks no different to everyone else when they go about their way. Um, let me ask you this question, this question. 
if you, if you, if you, this is just for the Christians in this room. If you're not a Christian, it's okay. You're off the hook. You can sit back and enjoy this. But for you Christians here in this room, how many people know that you're a Christian in your workplace? Without, how, how, can I tell, how, how can they tell that you're a Christian without telling them that you're a Christian? Ooh, you all know that on social media. That's a, how can you tell if I'm this without saying, saying that I am, right? Can they tell by your actions? Can they tell by your words? Or do you look no different to everyone else in your, in your workplace and in your place of education? Don't just have good intentions about your faith, but be intentional. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, it's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. Anybody looked at their face in a mirror lately? And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. That seems kind of absurd to us because we look at our faces quite often. Right, even when we're on Zoom calls, you know, we're seeing everyone else, but we're looking at our own self, not at everyone else. How do I look in the Zoom call? Okay, I'm just saying what someone else told me, not 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 my own experience. Now, back when James wrote this, people weren't wealthy. People didn't have their own mirrors. People didn't have their own portraits of themselves. So people really didn't know what they looked like. And so, if they just so happened to to see a glimpse of an image of themselves, it was actually quite easy for them to forget what they look like because it wasn't as common as it is today. And so, so James is writing this down. And he says, you know, you, this is exactly what you're doing with the Word of God. It's like you're just glancing at it and then just forgetting all about it. He says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word. Don't just have good intentions about your faith, but be intentional. Verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Well, that's quite an interesting passage if you think about it. Let me read that again. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. When, when you, don't just be a, a hearer, but be a doer. When you're a doer, you'll be blessed. And for us, we're like, well, how can law create freedom? How can laws, restrictions, cause freedom? It sounds like a contradiction in terms. Isn't law something which restricts our freedom and what stops you doing from what you want to do? Isn't that what laws are? They, they stop me from what I want to do. They're restricting me. They're stopping me being me. Right? And the answer is yes and no. Because here's the thing. If we don't have road laws, what will happen? There'll be chaos. Chaos all on the road. And guess what? I know how you drive. And there'll be chaos on the road. Just kidding. Kidding. I know how I drive, and that's why I'm saying that. There'll be chaos on the road. But with the laws that give us freedom, you know, the, the, the road laws, it gives me freedom. Once I know the laws, once I know how to apply the laws, and once I learn the laws, I can go wherever I want in this country. I have freedom to go wherever I want. And the laws protect me, keep me safe, stop me from, from destruction. But when you break the law, you can, how many, we got one of the highest uh, road deaths in, in the world because of too many people breaking the road laws. And the Word of God, when, when we look at His Word, the words don't restrict us. It gives us freedom, sets us free, protects us from destruction. It protects us from death, and that's what the Word of God is. The Word of God is supposed to change us. Don't just be, have good intentions about your faith, but be intentional. Verse 26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. Ooh. I know this doesn't apply to anyone in this room. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. I remember I used to play for this team called the Wildcats. 
Wildcats um, was this basketball team in America. No, no, it wasn't that. It was, I played for this thing called the Wildcats. It was an American football team in Auckland. And this is back when I was much younger <laughs> than I am now, where I wasn't as broken. And, um, and I remember for every game, we would take a knee, take our helmets off and take a knee, and we'll pray. And so they kept take a knee, boys, take a knee. They would take our lids off. And we'll pray. I remember after this, this game, we're about to play. Took a little, we prayed. And the person praying gets up. Okay, boys, let's blink and smash them. Let's blink and blink and waste them. I remember thinking, that's a contradiction in terms right there. How can you say that you're a Christian and yet these words are coming out of your mouth? You're not deceiving anyone else but yourself. And that's what James is saying here. Don't just have good intentions about your faith, but be intentional. Verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. I love this. Your devotion to God is measured by what we do for people. What we do for people. You know, it, it, James is a reminding of us of true devotion to God is, is helping those in need. That's, that's true devotion to God. And then he goes on and says, and keep oneself from being polluted by the world because be careful. Because the truth of the world is different. The truth of the world changes. And if you allow the truth of the world to get into your mind about who you are and God and, and who God who and God's law and begins to change you, and then you become corrupt and said, Do not be polluted by the word, but stay true to its word. And how do you become true to his word? Be intentional by reading his word. Don't just have good intentions about your faith, but be intentional. So what does this mean for us? It means if we want to see real change in our lives. Don't just have good intentions. You know, this year, you know, I'm going to read my Bible more. It's a good intention. Have you become intentional with it? This year, I'm going to pray more. That's good intentions. They're, they're good intentions. They're noble intentions. In fact, all of those will help you grow. But have you become intentional? Or, or, or maybe, you know, I'm going to exercise more and eat right. That's me. I need to be intentional. Whatever it is for you that you've been putting off, come on, don't just have good intentions about your faith, but be intentional. And as a church, we are growing, and, and praise God, we are. This is not what we're going to do. We're not going to go, you know what, we're full. The church is full, so let's close the door. And anybody comes and goes, sorry, can't come in, we are full. Let me tell you something, four men carried their paralyzed friend to Jesus for them. They carried him, and the reason they carried him is because he was paralyzed. He couldn't walk, in case you didn't know what that meant. And they get to Jesus, and where he was speaking, the place was full. They couldn't even get through the doors because there was people standing at the door, but there was intentionality about their faith. Come on. Someone needs to have intentionality about your faith. You need to have intentionality about your faith. And they climbed up on the roof, made a hole in the roof, and they lowered the man before Jesus. And I love what Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. Oh, that's nice, Jesus, but could you heal his legs as well? <laughs> Come on. Jesus is, Jesus is more concerned about your sinful state, about changing your life, setting your life right. And he healed him. Just to show, just to let you all know that what I say is true. Pick up your mat and go home. They had intentionality about their faith. So here at Elam, we're not going to make a hole in the roof. Okay, if it gets full out, we're not going to do that. But we are intentional about making sure people can encounter Jesus. We were thinking to ourselves, you know what, let's just wait till next year and let's start a second service. 
But you know what we're intentional? We've got intentionality about our faith. We want to make sure everyone has an opportunity to hear about Jesus. So we're going to go to two services and we want you to be part of the solution. And there's a poll, get, and just get onto the poll and just select what it was and let's be part of it. In fact, why don't you join our Sunday serve team and be intentional with us. Get in there with the kids. We, we're watching the game and then we had this guy called Rob in there and he's, he's hilarious. He's all dressed in green and he's, going, he's rocking up about the All Blacks being the, the greatest. And I'm thinking, is he messing with our minds there? He's dressed in green and telling us. But he, a beautiful character, but he's there with the kids and he's having all this energy and having fun. And, 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 and let me tell you something. He's intentional about his faith. He's not afraid to be a fool for the Lord. I would rather be a fool for the Lord than for anyone else. Let me tell you, I've been a fool for everyone else for too long. All for you, Jesus. All for you. Be part of our Sunday serve team. Come on, be intentional. We are better together. We, we are intentional about helping people grow in their faith, which is why we have connect groups. You know, Sunday is a good catalyst for us to have, to have good intentions. Sunday is, 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 is just a good place for us, have a catalyst for us to want to change, but that will mean nothing if we don't put it into action. And Connect is a great way where we can come together and we can, what we heard on Sunday, and that challenged me, you can get into small groups and, and you get, man, this, I'm, I'm kind of struggling in this area. And you, and you chew it out and you walk with people and you hold each other accountable because trying to do this on my own doesn't work anymore because we're better together. That's why we have connect groups. Don't just have good intentions about your faith, but be intentional. In the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Get the right order. Are you sure this guy has extensive knowledge of the Bible? <laughs> Mark tells of a story of a woman that, that was, had an issue with blood. She had her period for 12 years straight, constantly. 12 years straight. And, and according to Jewish law, according to Torah, if if you have your period, then, then you're, you're considered unclean and you can't go in the temple. So during that period, uh, during that, that time when you have a few period, you have to wait till you finish and then you can come back in, cleanse yourself and everything else. But here's the thing, if you are in that state, anyone you touch becomes unclean, right? And so therefore they can't go in the temple either. And, and anything else you touch can't be unclean. So if you touch this chair, someone else sits on it, they're now unclean. So can you imagine this woman? 12 years unable to touch anyone, isolated, isolated from her family. And she spent all that she had on medical resources and none of the treatments work. And in Mark chapter five, verse 27, the story goes on. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. There's an intentionality about her faith. She didn't sit back and just, that's for everyone else. She was intentional. Verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched me? They go, Jesus, everyone's touching you. In fact, some of the translations say everyone was thronging around him. I remember going to China and, 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 and walking on the Great Wall of China like this. Everyone was thronging around me. It wasn't what I thought in the catalog. <laughs> it didn't look like that. <laughs> nice walks on the, on the wall. They're all, they're all touching him. Jesus, everyone's touching you. Power has gone out of me. Someone was intentional about their faith. 
And so Jesus began to look around and to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear and told him the whole truth. And why was she trembling? She was trembling with fear. Do you know why? She wasn't meant to be there. Because her being there meant that a whole bunch of people became unclean. Not only that, she touched the holy man. She's just made him unclean. But let me tell you something. She touched the right person that day. Because touching Jesus did not make Jesus unclean. Because touching Jesus made her clean. It made her clean. All those that society deemed worthless. All that society deemed as being unclean, not good enough. The rejected, the dis- those in despair. Jesus says, come and let me touch you to make you clean. Those who, the lepers, the, those in prostitution, the, the tax collectors, the sinners of sinners. He came to them when no one else would touch them. He touched them and made them clean. He said to her, I don't know if you catch this. He said to her daughter, when the story started, this woman was an outsider. Anybody feel like an outsider? This woman was an outcast. She simply was a woman with an issue. But after she encountered Jesus, she went from a woman with an issue to, to a daughter. He said to her, daughter, you're welcome in my family. Come as you are. But I love you too much for you to stay in your sinful state. And I'm going to set you free. And then I'm going to deal with these other issues you have. She was intentional about her faith. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Son, in this room, Jesus says, come and I'll give you rest. Daughter, come and I'll give you rest. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go into peace and be freed from your suffering. I wonder how many people, because of past hurts, you don't step out anymore. And you used to be like serving for God and like out there being the number one server. You said, yeah, this is energy about you, but then you got hurt. Something happened and now you don't trust anybody anymore. All your friends have left. And I'm, like, I'm not going to make any more friends because it's, if I make friends, the ones if they leave. It's time to claim your healing. It's time to be intentional about your faith. It's time to be intentional about your purpose. It's time to be intentional about your generosity. It's time to be intentional about your relationships, making new friends. It's time to be intentional about reading His Word. It's time to touch the hem of Jesus. Don't just have good intentions about your faith, but be intentional. Come on, let us pray.